When the CEO gets so far removed from the customer, they are also very far removed from the people who work with the customer and they start making it very difficult for those people to do their jobs because they think they know what the customer wants and they don't. And so they want their team to respond to that versus what the customer actually does want. And doing that, we just make a big mess. Plug into the mind of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi there, listeners of the Selling with Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. I'm running a little competition as we're trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the work that inspires those to sell with love more. And the best way to do this is to leave reviews, both on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And for those of you who leave a review when listening to this episode, I would ask you to take a screenshot of your review and send it to me at jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. And in doing so, I'm going to give you a set of meditations that you can use to get into the state of selling with love, whether it's connecting with your buyer, affirmations before making calls, or any kind of outreach. These will empower you to be feeling powerful and to be able to do it from a place of love. It is a reward for supporting the show, being a loyal listener, and of course, being able to give more to my amazing audience. Thank you for always showing up, listening, and being inspired by the amazing guests that I get to interview and I get to share their message with you. So again, just leave a review. Take a screenshot of the review. This can be done on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts and email it directly to me, jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. Thank you, and now let's get started with our episode. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. Today, we're going to actually look at a different group of people and what is their relationship with sales. See, I know a lot of people are listening to the show coming from small business ownership or have consultancies or as coaches, and you might be at the beginning stages of your business and sales career. But what happens once you grow the business? What happens when you get to the stages of scaling up maybe the 20 to $100 million? Are all your sales reluctances disappear? Are there different challenges that you face when you get to that level? We're going to have this conversation. I know this is going to be eye-opening to see what is this consistent theme around sales that happens at every stage of organizations. And the guest that I have today is Alice Hyman, who's actually the chief sales energizer, and she's known for her expertise in elevating sales to increase valuation for companies with a B2B sales and has exceptional growth potential. She's originally from the wider group, Miller Hyman Group. And she's been spending her time strategizing with CEOs and their leadership teams to build strategies that find new business and grow existing accounts is the passion she has. She's the host of a popular podcast, Sales Talk for CEOs, and she teaches sales at the University of Nevada in entrepreneurship minor. We love her spirit. She's here to share with us, and I'm excited to have her on the show. Alice, thank you so much for being here. Oh, I'm so happy to be on a show that is selling with love because really that is what selling is. And to me, I get to wake up every day and do something that I love so much. And so I have this mission to help others, especially CEOs and company leaders, 
understand what sales really is. And it is love. And so I'm so happy to be on the podcast with you today. Well, it's a pleasure to have you, Alice, which brings me right into this question, right? Like as somebody who works with small businesses and you work with businesses that have grown past those initial stages, I feel like there's an assumption here, which is, you know, oh, once I've passed the millions or the 10 millions, like we got sales figured out. Those companies understand how to use sales, how it functions within the organization. It's only me at the beginning stages that have struggles. Where does the misconception lie and what is the reality of what you've been seeing? This is a complex topic, of course, but here's what I truly believe. The CEO, and in most cases, the founder, because I work with CEOs who are the founders of their companies, even though they're mature companies and you know 10 to 20 years old and beyond, they start their companies because they believe in something. They really want to do something. They have something to share and to offer that they feel is going to make the world a better place or make a change in the world or just do something better and make it easier for people. So they have this deep belief and this entrepreneurial enthusiasm. And so they start, right? And a lot of you listening, you've just started or you started a while ago and it was just you, you and your idea. And maybe you got an assistant or somebody in your family to help you, right? With your business. And in the very beginning, you know that you have to sell something. And even if you've never, ever sold anything before in your life, you still know that you have to do it. But many people, as you know, Jason, have reluctance, right? They're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to, you know, trick or manipulate or coerce anybody. Of course not. We're not smarmy salespeople. But selling isn't trickery or manipulation or coercion of any kind. Selling is really love. Selling is understanding that you can solve someone's problem. And then talking to that person and understanding their problem so well that you know whether your solution is a good fit or not. And if it is, of course, they're going to buy it from you. And I know I'm maybe oversimplifying this, but truly in the end, that is what it is. And so if you have any feelings about sales that are sales is yucky, I don't want to do it. I would like someone else to do it. Or, you know, I don't want to be sold to. And so that's why I don't want to sell. Or maybe I feel like I'm bothering people. Well, it's going to be pretty hard to grow your business if you have any of those feelings. So what you want to understand deep, deep in your heart is that sales is a helping profession. You are helping people get what they want and need. You are helping them be successful. And there's nothing better than that. No, I agree. When you have that kind of attitude, which is what I call the selling with love ideology, right? The energy that you show up with this, it makes the whole world of a difference. Not only does it make an impact in the way that you actually get results from your sales, but it feels good doing it. And I think we miss out on this. And I love that I bring in guests. And I feel like some of my audience are going to be like, Jason, I feel like you've just brought a select few guests that are doing it this way. But really, at the top level, this is how businesses grow. This is how businesses are successful. Yet when we talk about these CEOs and that 
company that has grown it past this level, what's the type of reluctances and what's the problems that arise there? Because they would have made those initial sales, right? Like they would have gone at least to that minimum. What's the new problem that arises? Most founder CEOs have sold. They've had to. But what sold was their entrepreneurial enthusiasm. The first sale they made was getting people on board to help them do their company, right? The next sale they may have done is getting some investors. Um, And then they also had to sell to some people who would actually pay them money, right? So they've done a lot of different kinds of sales already. And they might not have been very good at it, but by hook or by crook, they did it because they had to, to get their business rolling. And then the great news about that is that they understand what their sale is. They understand who's going to buy, why they're buying, what their objections are, how long it's going to take for the sale to happen, and all the intricacies of it before they start hiring salespeople who are going to have to do the same job. So what happens is the CEO always has a role in sales. Whether they're a startup founder or the CEO of a Fortune 10 company, which is going to be a multi-billion dollar company, that CEO will always have a role in sales. It just changes as the company matures. So the first part is getting the mindset right around sales. What is sales? What do I believe about sales? If I believe I'm helping, if I believe that I'm able to make another person's life better, whether I'm selling software or medical supplies or diapers, it doesn't matter. I'm going to make somebody's life better with what I'm selling to them. And I do it in a caring, authentic way. See, I think what happens is when we feel like we have to be somebody that we're not and we don't understand what selling is. So we go out and we pitch and we talk and we tell. It does feel awkward and it doesn't feel right. But if we believe in what we're selling and we give others the opportunity to buy it without doing the things that we would not, you know, want someone to trick us and manipulate or do any of those things, we would not do those to anyone else. We would just simply understand their problem offer them solutions, insights, help them make a great decision and move forward so they can meet their goals. So when you're the seller, you're doing all of those things yourself. When your company matures a bit, you hire some sellers, then you're managing those sellers, right? Now you may have even more reluctance because you're like, I don't know how to manage salespeople. And you're right. You don't know how to manage salespeople because those are very special skills that you need to acquire. So if you're at that stage, acquire those skills and learn how to be the very best sales manager you can. In fact, read a book called The Sales Manager's Guide to Greatness. I wish I wrote it, but I didn't. My friend Kevin Davis wrote that book. It's called The Sales Manager's Guide to Greatness and become the best sales manager you can. Now, I recognize you're a CEO. You have many hats to wear. You're running your company. You may still be doing some of the selling and now you're managing a few salespeople. I got it. That's a lot of work. Even more reason to become really good at sales management so you don't have to micromanage which takes a lot of time and a lot of negative energy that you just don't need. So 
If you are at that stage, become the best sales manager you can. Why? So that very soon you can hire a great sales manager and not make the mistake. So you asked, Jason, what are some of the things that happen as these companies grow and they get more and more and more revenue? What kind of problems do those CEOs have? Well, they hire sales managers that can't do their job. Why? One, because it's really hard to hire a good sales manager. And two, because they don't really understand what a sales manager is supposed to do. How can you manage somebody to do something when you don't even know exactly what it is? So that's another place where we get stuck. And then even when we have a sales manager, somehow we think, well, my job is done. I don't have to do any more sales. Phew, completely finished with that. Let them handle it. No, because your salespeople need you. They need you to be the evangelist. And when you have a sales manager in place, that's a time when you can start spending more time being an evangelist for your company, being on podcasts, promoting things on social media, being interviewed, speaking at events in front of your target audience. You can do all of those things because you don't have to do the day-to-day -day selling and you don't have to do the day-to-day -day managing of the selling. Now, there's other parts of your company you still have to run, of course, but hopefully you're getting people in place to do that as well. You can start evangelizing. Next, you can help strategize, strategize on the direction that sales should be going and strategize on specific high level deals that are going to bring your company a lot of money and help with those. And you can help the salespeople know when to position you with the leaders of the companies that they're trying to sell to so that it helps make a better relationship and move the deal forward. So you see your role is changing, but it's still so important. And then onward, right? So even when you have a chief revenue officer, a CRO in place, and your company is over 20 million, maybe it's 100 million or, or more, and you've got this CRO who is really in charge of revenue, sales, marketing, customer success, all report in together, it's your job to make sure that that's orchestrated well, that everybody's working well together, that there's no silos. And number one, that the customer experience is exceptional. Now that should start from day one, but a lot of times when you're first starting up, there's so many things going on, it's really hard to do that. It is the most important thing that that customer experience is exceptional. And as the CEO, you are always in charge of that. So as you can see, I've just mentioned a few things that happen as a company grows. The CEO always has a role, but the role changes as the company matures. I love the fact that as every step of the company goes, there's a hat that you're wearing that involves sales, but it's always evolving. It's almost like growth stages for yourself where you're wearing the sales hat from being direct to the customer to directly training a sales rep to training the sales managers. But you kind of need to earn your belt along the way. You can't really skip the steps because then you're not really going to be you know, at least aware of what are the good and right ways of doing anything at this point, which begs the question, like, do you need to actually have went through each of these stages? Or can some of these CEOs like step into a certain senior position and be able to do the job properly? Well, it's an interesting question. And people ask that all the time. I believe I can't remember where the stat came from, but less than 25% of CEOs came from a sales background. So a lot of founders are engineers or designers or people who came up with a great idea, right? 
And some of them were salespeople before they did that, but only around 25%. If you're trying to stay focused on getting work done and eating throughout the day is something you think about, have to decide, and you're not sure what to do, and you just wish an option was available where the right meal with all of the specifications you want be available to you, easy to make under two minutes... Well, luckily for you, Factor is available where you have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie. And you can enjoy over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons to help you make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for? You can get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking up for something fast that's upscale option done very easily. It's flexible on your schedule where you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. No prep necessary. They're 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup necessary. Head to factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and use code sellingwithlove50 to get 50% off. That's code sellingwithlove50 at factormeals.com slash sellingwithlove50 and you'll get 50% off. Not bad. CEOs who step into a company or step up into being the CEO typically come from finance or operations or another department. They don't typically come from sales and marketing. So they don't necessarily have that background. And if you go and get an MBA, although these days it's a bit better, they teach you a lot of amazing things. Sales and marketing are not in that bunch of amazing things. So I really think it's hard for a CEO who hasn't had that background and hasn't trained themselves. So if you are a CEO who has never sold and who has no background in sales and marketing, I suggest you find a coach, a mentor, hire really great sales leaders who will teach you, right? We can't forget sometimes, you know, our CEOs are humans, right? I'm a CEO. I'm a human being. I don't know everything. I need your help. That's why I hired you. I don't expect you to look at me for all the knowledge. And so, you know, for those of you who support CEOs who may not have come from a sales background, or even if they did, you can't know everything about sales and your customer and marketing and customer success. We are all always learning. So get the information that you need. Follow the thought leaders, read the books, listen to the podcasts, find a coach, do something to help yourself understand. Because Jason, I see CEOs who are their own sales prevention department. They are literally preventing sales because they don't understand what it takes to support a modern seller today. They may understand sales from years ago, or they may not understand it at all. And they just don't realize that the actions that they're taking are really completely limiting the sales at their company. Yeah, that's an important thing to distinct. And I love that at least if you're coming not with this background of growing up in sales, you can actually find yourself be surrounded by the right people, listen to the right people. I can only think of one example. I don't know if this would be a good one, but I look at Tim Cook at Apple coming from that finance background that you spoke about. Seems like he has gotten the right mentorship and the right support to make him a fantastic CEO and enable the sales in the process. At least I would say For someone who comes from the finance background, at least they have an appreciation for revenue. And so you'll have to naturally understand how sales comes in, right? 
But you speak also about being able to, you know, embody the new ways of selling, the modern ways of selling and what is being shown and what we're seeing in the marketplace right now. And so with that, are there big things that we should be keeping in mind if we're coming into a role where we have to lead a sales team or we're leading the company ourselves and we have to do the sales that are different ways of selling that need to be applied now? So I think there's a lot of things that we need to consider. And really, it's not new. It's just more important now than ever because we were able to do well enough before COVID really shone the light on a lot of bad habits and a lot of things that weren't working very well. And one of the things that it also did was kept us in our homes. And so when we needed to shop business to consumer or business to business, we had no choice but to do it online. And it really pointed out the inadequacies of shopping for a B2B product online. Now, as consumers of goods every day, all of us, right? We know how to get onto Amazon and find the items we want and read about them and choose them and click and they arrive at our door. We all now know how to use Instacart or Uber Eats or some other delivery mechanism to shop online for our groceries and have them arrive at our door. Clothing, we've gotten really good at buying clothing online. We really know how to buy everything online. And as a business person, we want to buy things online also, but most companies really don't let us. They make it quite hard for us. They want us to talk to a salesperson, which I completely understand. But most of us who are busy professionals and who also have a project to purchase something for our company, equipment or software or services of some type. We have our full-time job, and now we've been tasked to be on a committee to buy. We can't stop in the middle of our day to do the research. So when do we do it? We do it between nine and midnight. I mean, I don't know about you, right? But when do you have time? It's like have dinner, get those kids in bed and get back on that computer and research the software that my company needs, okay? Now, where are you between nine and midnight? Are you on your chat? I can tell you for a fact you're not because I go on websites all the time trying to buy things and you are not on your chat. I go to your website to try to learn without a sales rep. There are no videos. There's no explainer videos. There's no demo videos. There's only, if you click here, you have to wait until a sales rep connects with you, right? Now, most companies today want a global audience. They want to sell everywhere in the world. And I think that's wonderful because you can, but not if your hours are between eight and five central time. So we have to start thinking differently. The first thing we have to say is, what is the customer journey? How is our customer buying from us? How do they find us? What do they do next? What do they do next? What do they do next? What are they lacking? Why are they bouncing off our website and going to another website to buy something that they could have bought from us had we provided them with the information so that they could do it? Now, many companies who have software or even some types of services are doing a find, try, buy model so that I, as a consumer of a business-to-business product, can do it myself. Now, not every sale lends itself to that. I am an expert in the complex sale, and certainly 
a very complex sale, the type that I work with is not going to be done by clicking a few buttons on a website and paying a million dollars, you know, into the website. That's not going to happen. But there's a lot of things that I could learn from you if you let me. So as the CEO, the first thing you need to know is your buyers are out there trying to buy from you. Are you helping them do it or not? Okay. So the question is, what are we doing to make it easier to be our customer and harder to be our competitor? And you need to answer that question deep and wide, not just on the surface. You need to dig and dig, dig in with your customer success, your sales, your marketing, your finance people, your ops people. Really ask yourself, what are we doing? to make it easy to be our customer and harder to be our competition. And if you don't know, and you know, you're just stumped, you think you're doing everything. Cause of course we have our own little tunnel vision, then do a voice of the customer survey and go ask your customers, right? Ask the people who chose you and the people who did not choose you. Why? and what their journey was like, and what was missing, or what was there that made them, oh, I found this, and that's the thing that made me want to buy. Ask them, and they'll tell you, and then you can make the improvements. So the problem is, Jason, when we say what's changed in sales, we're all focused on sales as being about sellers. Well, sales is much, much bigger than just the salespeople who make that happen. Sales is about the way your customer wants to buy. And that includes many departments in your company, not just sales. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And it's amazing to see how the technology that's developed, especially in the B2C simple sales space, has actually changed the expectations of the buyer of what they want when it comes to more complex sales. And I can think of so many times that I've been looking for software myself and it's like, it was a pain in the butt to get a taste of what's going on. And now guess what? It pushed me away naturally. And you spoke about another thing, which is kind of the more you step into a senior role and you grow as a company and you're in the CEO seat, the further you are actually from that direct consumer. And you've given some ideas on how a CEO can go back into the drawing board to really get close to the consumer, to the clients, to understand how that works. Because I feel like sometimes when that disconnect happens, that could be leading towards the end of the company. I can think of, you know, the blockbusters and all these companies that may not have been in touch with the customer. So is that typically the path you see when the CEO gets so far removed from the client? Well, I'll tell you, when the CEO gets so far removed from the customer, they are also very far removed from the people who work with the customer and they start making it very difficult for those people to do their jobs. So they make it difficult for sales and marketing and customer success to do their job because they think they know what the customer wants and they don't. And so they want their team to respond to that versus what the customer actually does want. And doing that, we just make a big mess and we get people angry. We get our customers angry. The people who work for us feel like they're not being listened to. They're not being heard. They're saying, hey, we're the ones out there with the customer. You should listen to us. So yeah, the CEO needs to stay really close to the customer. It's really important that they understand their customer's journey and that they are in charge 
of that customer having an exceptional customer experience. Don't look at your customer success and your sales and your marketing team when things are not going well. Look at yourself first. Look in the mirror and say, wow, what am I doing or what could I be doing or not doing that's preventing sales or making it hard for my team to do their job? And then once you've asked yourself that, then go forward to these other team members and say, okay, we've got to make it easier for people to be our customer. And that means I've got to make it easy for you to do your job. And I've got to make, you know, happy workers who enjoy their job so they can make it easy for the customer to buy. It's just a mindset shift, really. I love what you speak about, where is that the sale is not just done to the consumer, but it's done across everything we do. And this is a big ethos that we talk about on Selling with Love is how sales is everywhere and we're all salespeople. And when you're in the role of a CEO, that sale becomes so much more important to give the direction of the culture, how everything works within an organization, how much we pay attention to the listening, as opposed to being that annoying, stereotypical salesperson, a CEO who's breathing down what ways that it should work based on their assumptions is one way to create a dysfunctional culture. So I'm glad we brought all these topics to light. And Alice, this was such a fantastic conversation. I just want to thank you for your time. I'll have one more question, but to wrap this up, we really went into seeing what happens when the company grows and where are the different stages that you wear as a founder who grows into a CEO and the different sales challenges that come along the way. We've also taken the time to expand what that role of sales is because it's not just about selling to the consumer, but it's also about understanding how you're enabling your entire workforce to be aligned with the vision that want to move forward together and really want to be led in a powerful way. That's also a sales role. And if you didn't come from a background of sales, know that there's plenty of coaching, mentoring, and training you can do. But the key insight that Alice was speaking about is never losing that touch with the client, the consumer, because that is where you can get more of the information that you need to be able to make the better decisions so you don't end up like one of those blockbusters that we don't get to see on the streets today. Now, the whole sales journey is a beautiful one. We can do it with the right mindset. So regardless of where you are in your business, know that having the right mindset on sales is going to be what leads to impact, growth, and keeping your integrity and doing it in a way that's fun. And this is the ethos that we want to bring forward. And I think Alice <laughs> makes a fantastic point in putting this together, which brings me to the final question, Alice, which is when we speak about selling with love, I always like to ask my guests, what does that mean to you, selling with love? Yeah, I think I already explained it a little bit in the beginning, but selling with love is caring about the people who you're trying to sell to. So it starts with loving yourself because if we don't love ourselves, it's just so evident to others around us and it makes our world really difficult. So selling with love starts with loving yourself, loving what you sell and the problems you solve and the people you help and doing that in a way that makes a difference. And so you have to care. I mean, you, you have to care and you have to develop a culture of care. So people want to work with people who care about them, who care whether they solve their problem or not, not just sell them something, right? Whether it's business to consumer or business to business, I prefer to work with people who care, people who love their job, people who care whether I succeed or not. And so I think that for me, selling with love is 
what it's about. There is nothing else. There would be no other reason to be in sales if you didn't want to sell with love. Alice, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all these insights. For those of you listening, definitely go check out Sales Talk for CEOs. And I'm going to be putting a link in the show notes for Alice for you to discover more of her trainings, her talks, and the ways that you can get involved in learning more about sales in a beautiful way. Once again, Alice, thank you for your time. And for those of you listening, keep selling with love. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.